I was encouraged by an interview that I saw the other day. And while his presentation wasn't perfect, the end goal, its intent was reached beyond measure. At last check, the interview that Shannon Sharp did with Cat Williams had 14 million views. And while I understand that we don't always own the means to distribute our media, there is certainly a power and relevance to black media. And that was emphatically expressed with the Cat Williams interview. Whether you think he was telling the truth or lying, so on and so forth, is less important to me than the notion, the very notion of narratives and being able to tell your story in a way that attracts people's attention. There are limits to an entertainment narrative, of course, particularly as it relates to black media, because when I think about how we take in the news, how we present the news, it is done from a decidedly um, entertainment-based lens, which is unfortunate because it doesn't have as much energy toward empowerment or education, and that is part of my responsibility. But as I think about narratives and I think about how you have a black woman who is no longer the president at Harvard University, when I think about the likes of Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and folks who were able to craft a narrative or tell their perspective in a way that's decidedly anti-black, I understand the importance of telling not just my story, but telling the story of black folks. And I want that story to be told with power, with manifestation, with intent. In order to do that, I'm going to have to do things differently. We're going to have to do things differently. We're going to have to look at the world differently in terms of politics. We're going to have to look at the world differently in terms of sociology. However you feel about DEI, however you feel about politics, however you feel about entertainment, the profound difference that I see between Cat Williams and Claudine Gay is that when both of them were on the panel, one of them spoke with conviction and courage, and the other spoke with trepidation. And only one of them is left standing. Um, to, be a Negro in, to be a Negro in this country and to be um, relatively conscious is to be in a state of rage almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth but not to make no dope. To make a difference. Making a difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Glad that you decided to listen in. Uh, man, the Cat Williams interview is the talk of the town, will probably be the talk of the town through the weekend. Nevertheless, I am in the black media space, and so I have to talk about things that go beyond <laughs> celebrity and entertainment. And here we are. Uh, narrative is a good place to start, power is a great place to have a conversation, particularly as we are. Uh, in a presidential election year. And of course, you know, I'm one of those folks who understands that politics happen, you know, every, any, look, any day and every day. Nevertheless, we understand the ramifications and we understand the increased consciousness of people as it relates to politics. And so this is a time 
uh, to take advantage of that increased attention to, uh, I won't necessarily say to detail, but the increased attention to what's going on politically. I'm looking forward on Monday. I had the chance to attend the, uh, it's a legislative breakfast uh, for the media. It's put on by the South Carolina Press Association. I attended last year. We'll be attending again this year. I hope to uh, attend with a, a little bit more energy. You know, you go to a you know, you, you do something new or you go to a new experience and you're inclined the first time to kind of sit back and just, you know, see how business is done. There, uh, the, the politics of South Carolina are uh, decidedly anti, uh, anti-progressive. anti uh, They're certainly anti-black. Uh, the South Carolina, I, I would say the South Carolina legislature, South Carolina politics, I, I mean, the nation's politics uh, reflect that. And so I look forward to going up there and pushing back on some of those, some of the narratives that have been crafted up there. But in the meantime, between time, some of you may be listening into this podcast and have been directed from an interview that I did with a lifelong friend of mine, Carlton Clay. Carlton Clay does this segment on WJBF. It's called Celebrating Black Excellence 365, and it's uh, an initiative and effort to, you know, promote uh, folks uh, in the Augusta area, you know, African-Americans, obviously, who are, you know, making an impact in the community. And so had good fortune to be Carlton's first guest of 2024. And we talked, you know, talked a good bit about, you know, some of the stuff I'm writing. I've been writing for ESPN, uh, for Anscape specifically. It's a subsidiary of ESPN. Been writing for the Christian Science Monitor. Wrote a couple of columns with MSNBC toward the end of the year. So, you know, we talked about that for a good bit, but the what I would like to be the most enduring piece of that conversation is something that I'm calling Mad 24. And it sounds political. You know, when you say when you put 24 behind anything, particularly this year, it's going to sound like a political campaign. And and it is certainly a campaign. But when I think about, you know, efforts to to draw attention, efforts to unify efforts to convey a message. I really want that to be about the people. You know, I think we do enough when we talk about corporations. Uh, We do plenty in talking about, you know, capitalism and, you know, just individualism. I don't think we do nearly as much when it comes to organizing people. And I think that has made us a, certainly has made us a more selfish community. And I want to break down some of those barriers Actually, I want to eliminate those barriers entirely. And I understand the way to do that. If you're going to be a successful organizer, you have to be a successful communicator. And being in me, it's it's funny being in a media space. Well, it's not funny. It's, it's disappointing in a lot of ways to be in media, to be in communication and to see the the, the, the lack of a network, the lack of a system. And this is to the disadvantage of people in Augusta. This is why opportunities are elusive. So I want to say this before I go anywhere else in the podcast. 2024 and beyond is going to be about bringing attention to folks who are truly making a difference in the community, particularly as it relates to people in the media. I will be remiss if I, you know, once again, then shout out Carlton Clay and what he's doing, not just in terms of, you know, with the Celebrating Black Excellence piece, but what he's done for 20 years uh, with Victory Productions Network. We'll be remiss if I didn't shout out my good friend, uh, Maine Bradley, who's in mourning right now. Uh, look, we love you, brother. We uh, we support you, praying for you. Uh, but Maine and more than the Masters, which has been a standard bearer in the podcast space, which has been a, 
that has been the gold standard in terms of, you know, creating narratives. And I have something uh, to share with you all here in the next few weeks as it relates to uh, Maine and I sat down around October and I had a great conversation. I'll be sharing that with you guys here. I w- want to share it with you all in the right way. And that's going to be a part of, you know, what's happening through Mad 24. Our efforts to collaborate in terms of media, in terms of building this network in Augusta, uh, in the CSRA. When we say the CSRA, I'm not just talking about, you know, on the Georgia side. I'm, of course, talking about on the South Carolina side as well. There's just a there's a gap, you know, when it comes to how we get information to people, how we, you know, promote and uplift. And let's be clear how we uh, investigate and inquire about political candidates. And I look forward to making a difference, being a standard bearer and and being in the space to have those conversations. Again, this is not about self-promotion. This is about building community, building a network, building power, so that when people speak up about issues that are affecting our community, whether it's homelessness, whether it's poverty, whether it's, you know, uh, poor governance, any of these issues, that we're able to not only discern, but to be deliberate. And the truth is people know that, you know, that the way society is going is not right. We know that how business is being conducted in schools, you know, we know that's not right. How business being conducted, you know, at commission meetings or, you know, at a city council meeting, we know that these elected officials aren't doing, aren't, aren't doing what they need to do specifically for the people. A lot of us are just in this passive aggressive place, myself included, where we may we'll speak to these issues temporarily or we will be reactive as it relates to these issues, but nothing really changes. And as a result of that, there's no power. So the challenge is to be consistent. It's not just to be consistent in terms of going to the meetings. It's also being consistent in terms of saying, hey, look, this is what's going on and creating that standard. A lot of the challenge in terms of consistency, and I'll just say, I'll just make this a social media Uh, commentary right now a lot of what is done in terms of the media and communication space is to draw people in is to say how can we entertain people is to say how can I get more people to watch my content instead of saying if I build it or if we build it the people will come and that's the time I'm on of course uh, we'll need help from the community we'll need help from individuals from organizations from entities I uh, am a member of Tabernacle Baptist Church. I am hoping uh, in the next few weeks to have a conversation on here uh, with uh, Pastor Charles Goodman, who made a similarly compelling commentary. Uh, well, I will, I'll say that was may have been New Year's Eve. I forget. It may have been the first of the year. But just talking about unity and the need for it as it relates to people, as it relates to accomplishing tasks. So what happens if we don't do it? I think it's fairly apparent when you look at the status quo I mentioned uh, Claudine Gay and the situation at Harvard University at the beginning of the show. Claudine Gay and that situation didn't happen in a vacuum. It happened because of our collective attitudes on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Understand, we're in a post-affirmative action age. Now, it's clear that affirmative action was brought into place to address a discrepancy. It was uh, brought in place to address the impact of racism, which DEI was brought <laughs> was brought about uh, for those reasons as well. What we have now is because of the successful narrative creation and building of folks like DeSantis, Trump, 
uh, Chris Rufo, if you don't know who that is, worth looking up because there wasn't a boldness when it came to defending critical race theory or even just defending, you know, black books or black history because of the passive aggressiveness in discussing these issues or addressing them on a local level or a state level or a national level. Now what you have are these fortresses in very important places on school boards and, uh, you know, legislatures where policies are being passed that, you know, you may think you can elude, you know, some of these policies that are, you know, being passed down because of how much money you have or, you know, how much you, you may exclude yourself. But make no mistake about it. No man is an island. No woman is an island. Cloning gays defense of uh, Palestinian protest was not profound. And well, let me put it this way. It was not profound enough in a way that spoke up against the atrocities that are being committed in Gaza, nor was it, you know, effective enough or profound enough for pro, uh, you know, pro Israel stances. So what do we have? We have a situation where she was attacked, uh, I believe erroneously and, you know, hypocritically for plagiarism. But the long story short is, is that she caved under that firestorm. And what some may see as an attack on higher education, an attack on DEI, is really an attack on black policy against, you know, whatever you believe black representation or black excellence is. But if we're being honest, black representation and black excellence has always been deficient because it has only promoted the talented tenth. It has never spoken toward, you know, uh, true equity or equality for all black people you know, for black people who maybe, you know, who are experiencing poverty, for black people who are, you know, working in retail or working in restaurants that are being paid well under minimum wage. And, you know, folks at, you know, at your your favorite restaurant are saying, hey, we want to be paid $20 an hour. And you laugh at them, not understanding, you know, the effect of rising wages, not understanding the effect of rising health care costs and saying, hey, look, wages should go up as these other um, costs are going up. And so the tagline for Matt 24 has been making up for lost time. And that's, that's really where I am is like, we have to speak to these issues more boldly. And the primary reason we have to speak to these issues more boldly is that it's at your door. The homelessness is at your door. I know you see it. You go, you know, pick up your favorite smoothie or, you know, you're going to, you know, pick up, uh, you know, your, your cart, you know, at wherever it is that you shop. I know you see the tent cities. I know you see people wrapped up in blankets in the so-called greatest country in the world. We can and we should do better, but corporations are not going to do better. Our elected officials, you know, for the short term, maybe long term, are not going to do better. So it's up to us. And I I look forward to the challenge. I look forward to collaborating, um, networking, and building power. That's really what this is about. I'm going to take a quick break here. I'm going to close out with couple of stories about manifestation, but just want to uh, tap into my um, brother Royster Five Nine, uh, an, an album he uh, one really arguably his greatest album, uh, the Book of Ryan. Uh, there was a song that I mean was really compelling, fittingly named Power. So I'm gonna play the end of that uh, here now. You're listening to Making a Difference. Yeah. 
just look at me. See, I'm a grown man with hope. Oh, yeah. Everybody say, yeah. If you don't know the meaning of abuse, if you've been through so much and that's nobody can do to you. Now, can't you feel it? I'm a runaway. Somehow we came. A grown man with hope. You can do it too. If I can do it, use this it's the west coast diva tell them follow the leader it's yo yo you're listening to making the difference with ken making when you listen to making the difference you're listening to independent black media and we need your support now more than ever when it comes to making a difference there are a lot of different ways that you can show love to what we're doing here you can follow us on facebook and twitter on facebook it's facebook.com backslash making m-a-k-i-n a different show on twitter the handle is difference making m-a-k-i-n You can also support us financially through both Cash App and Patreon. Patreon, it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash making a difference show. You can also support us on Cash App at dollar sign making a difference show. Thank you in advance for your support. And I love you so much. Peace. What's going on, everybody? It's Knife Wonder right here, man. And you're checking out Making a Difference with my man, Ken Macon. Keep it locked. Peace. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. I want to tell a story about manifestation, and it's one of the, I would say, one of the bigger stories in 2023. You may have heard of a young lady uh, in her 90s on Hilton Head Island who got into a fight over her own property uh, with some developers who have been taking land, uh, have been look, snatching up Gullah Geechee property uh, for decades uh, to the point of you know, that land completely being overtaken. Her name is Josephine Wright and drove down, had the good fortune uh, to speak with her and her family for a few hours. Felt like um, being down at my my grandma's house with my grandma who uh, actually passed in her 90s a couple years back. So felt really at home. I was <laughs> actually sat on the couch. I said, ma'am, if I, if I stay here on your couch any longer, I'm going to end up taking a nap. So just made a, a real, real connection and wrote the story up for Anscape and, you know, came out really well. I haven't told too many people or I hadn't told a bunch of people until uh, actually the 31st, until New Year's Eve. What happened on my way back from, from Hilton Head is my car broke down, actually engine failure, about, I'd say about an hour and a half from home in the middle of nowhere. There was nothing there but like a... What do you call it? It's like a, a train, not, not a train post, but like a railway marker. I mean, there was nothing that was identifable. What saved me, aside from, look, God's good mercy, from, look, because I want to say the car broke down around 5, 6. Man, I was out there until dark. And again, this was, this was the summertime. So, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going through that story in my mind again. I, I can't believe how you know, just how everything happened. But I was in an area where I knew of a former coworker of mine who, uh, shout out Rock, man. Rock's my brother, man. He's my brother forever. So reached out to Rock. Rock knew of a guy who was in proximity. And, you know, between Rock, this brother, uh, shout out Jay, and uh, my father-in-law, man, got got back to the house. Um, My insurance company towed the car back to the house and you know, even though I look, I end up getting back to the house. There was still the issue of this car, which had experienced engine failure, and you know, with everything that happened, uh, and you know, spoke to multiple mechanics, I never felt like that it was over for that car. 
you know, I felt like that, you know, there was, uh, you know, opportunity for recalls and, you know, I have, I have a Kia. And so, you know, I heard about Kias and recalls, and, you know, and such. And so before I actually dropped the car off at the dealership, I filed a claim with Kia just in anticipation of everything that would go on with the recall. And man, wouldn't you know it, they replaced that engine for me at no charge. And that's not even the coolest part of that story. Because I'm thinking about Josephine Wright and her granddaughters. Um, shout out Cherise, shout out Tracy. Had a chance to speak to both of them just during you know everything that was going on. And the amazing thing about Miss uh, Josephine's story, you know, aside from like the hundreds of thousands of dollars of support that was sent into the GoFundMe, uh, support that was raised, you know, by celebrities, Snoop, Kyrie Irving, Tyler Perry. And then Tyler Perry took it a step further and he's actually going to build a house for them on their property. Is the manifest, the power of manifestation you know, just thinking about Josephine Wright as a mother, as a grandmother, to have a relationship with her children, to have a relationship with her grandchildren. So much of a profound connection that when she found herself, you know, in this situation where she was going up against these big, bad developers, that her grandchildren had the presence of mind to not only speak up on her behalf, but to, you know, build these networks, never thinking that, you know, People would give money or lend support or, you know, tell their story over and over and over again in a way that would, you know, rightfully paint them as the heroes of the story. But to have someone in to come in and to, you know, to say, hey, we're going to build build a house, a brand new house on this property. And that came from just the faith in, you know, injustice that the right thing would be done. That's that's such an inspirational story to me. It was one of the one of the great, um, you know, things that I experienced last year. You know, just seeing that happen for them, and you know, to be a part of that and to be able to tell their story and to like have a story to tell myself. It's just a reminder to keep going, man. And I also have to give regards to a good friend of mine, his friend of the show, Mayor Talib, uh, wrote this song. Uh, some years back, it's called Game Day. He's a talented artist. Uh, we both went to Florida A and M together, and so he wrote this song. And you know, it's it's like an HBCU. It's like a fight song. It's like an anthem. You know, it's really good. He, of course, you know we're we're FAMU fans, and I want to say he wrote it. You know, a while before you know FAMU got into the you know academic and eligibility bit, and you know that was a, a tough time to be a rattler, honestly. But all of that turned around in a year. So, you know, we're at the uh, Celebration Bowl. And, you know, of course, FAMU, you know, uh, we're the black national champions uh, in football and, you know, all all of these exciting things that are going on. But I just I've thought a lot about that song recently and just the foresight that uh, Brother Talib had to to write that record. And I'm actually going to go ahead and play it now. Yeah. 
y'all, it's game day. When the band is what you hearing, everybody here is cheering. All your worries disappearing, y'all, it's game day. Whether televised or streaming, live in person while you're screaming. No more waiting, no more dreaming, y'all, it's game day. When the band is what you hearing, everybody here is cheering. All your worries disappearing, y'all, it's game day. Whether televised or streaming, live in person while you're screaming. No more waiting, no more dreaming, y'all, it's game day. Tallahassee from Jackson to it being a music blaring for comparing. They're saying my fit is clean and split the meaning from taking pictures to yelling at the referees. You be on this indefinitely. I hope a player was left for me. It's game day. We go from Birmingham to Baltimore. The spirit, I can hear it. It ain't something I can fault you for. The coach gonna have to halt the score. We about to blow them out. The culture is impeccable. It's something you should know about game day. Down in Atlanta, up to Fayetteville. You know we got our tickets, got to kick it. You can say it's real hard to explain the way I feel. When I'm in this neck of woods, heard them playing neck is good. Cut the school to check you should. Game day. When the band is what you hear and everybody here is cheering. All your worries disappearing, y'all, it's game day. Whether televised or streaming, live in person while you're screaming. No more waiting, no more dreaming, y'all, it's game day. When the band is what you hear and everybody here is cheering. All your worries disappearing, y'all, it's game day. Whether televised or streaming, live in person while you're screaming. No more waiting, no more dreaming, y'all, it's game day. This is Donald Doe and Mike Hill Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life, or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your Allstate insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. As a husband and father, he understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8. William Few Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. Just want to say a couple of quick things and then I'm going to make my way. If I let you down in 2023, I'll make it up to you in 2024. That's the first thing. Second thing is if you're listening to this, man, and you find yourself down, um, you know, take time to be down, but don't be down long, man. And, Take that. That's that's coming from a person who, <laughs> you know, we present things on social media. We present things in the community, but I'm smart enough to know that everything that people project isn't always what's really going on. So, you know, take the time to to mourn, to heal, do whatever it is that you need to do because we need you out here. I don't care what it. I don't care what it is that you do. Like 
I just, I appreciate people for just their being, their presence, not always what to, not always what they do or what they contribute. Like we have to get back to valuing people outside of capitalist system, capitalistic system where we say, Hey, what is it that you do? What is, what is your, your value in terms of contribution? Like your, there's value in your presence. And when we get back to that, man, I, I do believe we'll be a better society for it. But that's a society that we're going to have to fight for. So with all of that said, I look up, look forward to making up for lost time. I look forward to building power. Let's get to work. I'm Ken Macon. This is making a difference. Love you guys so much. Peace and God bless. And listen. This episode of Making a Difference and every episode moving forward will honor the life and legacy of my dear brother, James Macon. James had a way of telling the truth that endeared him to family and made him respected by his friends and peers. That standard is now my gift and my burden of responsibility. Long live St. James. The revolution will not be televised. You see... A lot of times people see, 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 see battles and skirmishes on TV and they say, aha, the revolution is being televised. Nah, the results of the revolution are being televised. The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. What you see later on is the results of that, but the revolution, that change that takes place will not be televised.